Going to turn things over to Mr. Mark Weber to start off the first full hour of Garden Talk for this weekend and for 2019. Good morning. How are you, good young man? Doing okay, sir. How about you? Well, we're going to begin the first edition of 2019 to talk about all of the wonderful benefits that gardening has for each and every one of our listeners. We're going to begin talking a lot about how to design and build landscapes and how to care for them as well, plus answer all of your questions and so much more on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cox Media Group Ohio. This is WHIO's consumer warrior, Clark Howard. Beware scam artists in Dayton. I'll find you out. This is WHIO meteorologist, Kirsty Zantini. If weather breaks this hour, we will break it. And you're listening to an Ask the Expert weekend on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. And a good Saturday morning and welcome back to the first edition of the 2019 gardening season on garden talk with mark weber on am 1290 and news 95.7 whio and of course if you are out and about this morning you should definitely take us with you using the whio app or the tune in app because it's a really great tool to have particularly if you aren't near your regular radio in your house or you're not listening to it via the computer you can have that app and use it to listen to us no matter where you might be or through your cell phone. Um, so don't forget about using that app. Uh, my name is Mark Weber, and I have hosted this show for now for 28-plus years, heading for 29. Um, a little bit about myself as we begin this morning's outstanding broadcast of gardening for three action-packed hours. Um, yes, we are on the radio for three hours a week. Um, and every show is different than the last show we did for the last 28 years. Yeah. So there's never a boring moment here on Garden Talk. Um, my name is Mark Weber. I am the host of this illustrious program. Uh, I've been hosting it for many, 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 <laughs> almost three decades. Hard to believe. Um, I hold two degrees in horticulture from a place you may have heard of who barely won the Rose Bowl, I might add. <laughs> With Ohio State University. Um, I also am designated by the International Society of Aboriculture. That's a study of trees and the science of trees called um, the ISA or the International Society of Aboriculture as a board certified master arborist or BCMA as the acronym. Um, there are less than 2% of all the certified arborists that practice worldwide. Hold the BCMA credential, which I'm quite proud of in itself. Been a certified arborist well since the 1990s. Um, and I'm also a, a certified professional horticulturist, deemed so by the American Society for the Horticultural Sciences. Um, there's actually, I think, 80-some currently that practice worldwide, and I'm only one of 80. So when you call Garden Talk at 457-1290, you're going to get a really nice guy named Javon who's going to answer the telephone. And uh, whatever your question it is, I would love to talk to you. Um, I have lots of things to talk about today, unbelievably so. But the most important question that I'll be taking today is yours. And that's the one that's most important to me to answer. 
Four, five, seven, twelve, ninety. The rest of the stuff that I talk about is just uh, better inform you and hopefully to pose you to call. Uh, the whole purpose of a call-in talk show is to call. <laughs> so I'd like to hear from you. Um, I am part of a really cool business called Mark Weber's Landscaping Company. Um, you can read about my business at www.weberlandscaping.com. Uh, we've been in business since 1997 and have been servicing people with their arboricultural and horticultural needs. Uh, we care for a lot of trees and a lot of landscapes. We've installed countless landscapes throughout Southwest Ohio. And um, probably every day when you drive down the street, you're probably driving by some of our good work. Um, and we're quite proud of um, what we do. Um, I spend part, a lot of my time consulting with people about how to have better trees and better landscaping. Um, and we consult with homeowners and property owners and businesses and lawyers and engineers and architects and all kinds of people like that. Um, and we can always help you at www.weberlandscaping.com where our business phone number is area code 937-835-3381. 457 as we launch the new 2018 edition of uh, 19 edition of a garden talk. Um, I, I thought it would be apropos to talk about the benefits of gardening. You know, a lot of times um, I, I really find myself, you know, forgetting this on a, on a personal level as well as on a radio talk show level is, is, Gardening is good for you. <laughs> it really, really is. Um, it's one of those things that we kind of take for granted because, you know, a lot of times people hear gardening and they maybe think, well, maybe not for me, maybe for my neighbor, maybe for somebody else. Um, gardening is a healthy activity. It can be enjoyed by somebody that's two years old all the way up to 102 years old or maybe older. Um an edible garden is a great way to start. It's a great way to use a small space. You can use containers or pots. Um, you can choose plants that are non-toxic and varieties that are edible. Um, you don't have to use chemical sprays if you don't want to. You don't use fertilizers if you don't want to. There's some goods and bad things about it. And, and you have a lot of control over what it can do for you. It can provide many health, many therapeutic benefits. It's a very enjoyable activity. It's an activity that uh, um, people with disabilities and senior citizens and children especially can enjoy this rewarding time, tending plants, growing plants, uh, producing their own food. Um, and so here's some planning thoughts. And this is kind of a good way to start out the new year. Um, Kind of decide what you want the benefit for you to be. Do you want it to be for enjoyment? Do you want it to be for exercise? Do you want it to be for relaxation? Do you want it to be for fresh food? Do you want it to be the appreciation of just food growing? Um, a lot of people have lost touch with where their food comes from. And I'll, I'll be the first one to tell you. In my world, I see this all the time. People have lost touch of how trees grow and how uh, landscapes grow and how grass grows and how an apple grows or how a lemon or an orange grows, we kind of forget where 
our roots are. We all come from an agrarian place, someplace in our family's history. Maybe we want to admit it, maybe we don't. But the thing is that gardening allows us to reattach because I thoroughly believe in our DNA, we all have dirt in our veins. We all have the earning to go back to the land and grow something, grow something. So as we begin the journey of 2019, we all have the opportunity to rekindle that fire of growing something or experiencing something outside. I listened to this very interesting um, uh, conversation this week with a person about um, young people today and how when they, they're, they're, they're disconnected on so many different fronts, but one of the areas they're most dis- disconnected with is people, meaning that they're so in self-absorbed with um, video games and cell phones and everything else that um, they don't go outside and they don't go get their hands dirty and they don't do things outside that I did as a kid growing up, which I thought everybody else did. But it's a reality that we have kind of taken gardening and lost what it's really all about. And it's all about improving people's lives. You know, horticulture's definition is the, what we can do to manipulate and make, help plants improve the lives and culture of society be it with flowers, be it with herbs, be it with seeds and berries, be it with vegetables, be it with fruit, or be it with plants or trees. Gardening is all about improving your life. And along the way, with your putting your hands in the dirt and cultivating and growing something, you raise your own self-esteem, you make yourself feel healthier. It's a healthy, happy activity. a really powerful thing. So think about it. Are you ready to get this thing going? Because I'll tell you what I am. 457-1290. When we come back, we're going to talk to Mike and Tom, and we're going to talk to you on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. It's an Ask the Experts weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news weather and traffic station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. David Cemetery has been serving the families of the Miami Valley since 1826. Families often remark that pre-planning was the greatest gift a parent has given them. Act with love, plan ahead, and talk about what you might want. Help your family by relieving the burden of difficult financial and emotional decisions during a time of grief. For more information, call 937-434-2255 or go to davidcemetery.com. David Cemetery, generations of care. Having financial independence and wealth empowerment is the American dream. Learn what the wealthy know, get strong returns, and never lose your principal. That's the Heroes Talk Radio way. Learn about the secrets to planning a tax-free retirement income. Listen every Sunday at 5 p.m. for Heroes Talk Radio. 
on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. You can also call us now, 866-544-7755. That's 866-544-7755. Would you like to see a flock of cardinals, a charm of goldfinch, a band of blue jays, or a descent of woodpeckers visiting your yard? We'll show you how at Wild Birds Unlimited in Springboro next to Dorothy Lane Market or at WBU.com slash Springboro. The new assisted living to memory care Beehive Homes of Springboro is now accepting residents. Call 937-350-1211. Appreciate the difference of a smaller, more personalized experience. Beehive Homes of Springboro, the next best place to home. Winter weather can throw an icy wrench into your daily commute. Count on Sergeant Mark Bowron and our team of traffic reporters getting you to and from work safely. Triple Team Traffic lives on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. And a good morning to each and every one of you. I hope you're enjoying the first few minutes of Garden Talk. We last till 3 o'clock, uh, 3 o'clock, till 9 o'clock today. And uh, I want to remind all of you that anybody can have a garden. Even if you live in a pa- on a patio home or if you live in an apartment complex, there's a place for your garden and we're here to help you. Also, I want to remind you as well that tomorrow the Dayton Flyers will be taking on the Richmond Spiders at the University of Dayton Arena. Larry Hansgen and Bucky Bockhorn will have all the action right here. Coverage beginning at 11 a.m. this Sunday here on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Let's check out the updated weather forecast from News Center 7. Mostly clear and chilly to start off this morning with temperatures near 30 degrees. Mostly sunny throughout the day and we'll be warming up towards 50 degrees. That's about 15 degrees above the average. Staying clear into the overnight hours tonight and still a bit chilly with temperatures dropping back towards freezing. Partly cloudy as we go into Sunday with a high of 44. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7. WHIO. A current scan of the new live Doppler HG7 radar is clear. I'll tell you what, uh, I got up this morning and walked out across the driveway and beautiful, beautiful stars in the sky. And I got to see the Big Dipper with the North Star. So I still remember that from my Boy Scout training. <laughs> it's 34 in downtown Dayton, 35 at my house, 36 in Wilmington on the station that you depend on for weather, traffic, and expert advice from Garden Talk. On AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. The Miami Valley's only radio station for 24-hour breaking news, weather, and traffic. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. 457-1290 is the number of the dial if you'd like to be part of this morning's legendary broadcast. Let's go to the telephone lines once again. And uh, let's go talk to Mike. Mike, good morning and uh, welcome to be the first caller of 2019. Makes me feel special, Mark. I don't have any prizes to give you, but congratulations to you, sir. <laughs> I appreciate that, and I appreciate the fact that you've been there for 28-plus years. Thank you. How can I be of service to you? Well, um, I'm renting a house uh, that belonged to my brother, and um, he, there are some large stem roses on one side of the yard. They weren't growing very well because trees were shadowing them. Now they're grown, they have grown out quite a bit. Is it okay at this time of the year to trim those back? I'd rather you not. Okay. <laughs> you know, roses are, are a group of plants that uh, kind of an oxymoron, so to speak. They were they, something that has nasty thorns and, and like it does. It's such a tender plant on so many different levels. Um, 
Now, all that vegetation that's above ground acts like an insulator to protect the, the, the crown of the plant, particularly the root system, from death, okay? So the time of the year to, to remove that is, is March and early April. All right. And then, you, you know, if, if, depending on if these roses are grafted, and I'm going to assume that they're on their own roots, uh, you typically yeah. prune, prune them about, you know, five three to four or five inches above the soil line. Okay. And when you do it, you want to leave about probably three to four, no more than five canes per clump, canes per clump of, okay. of the largest diameter and get rid of all the little wimpy stuff. All right. So, cause kind of think of it this way. In that root system below ground is a bunch of carbohydrates. I mean, a bunch. And they're just rearing and ready to go. And when the weather begins to warm and the plant begins to move those carbohydrates upwards, and they do that by messaging of hormones, um, what would have been gone to all of that vegetation that you subsequently have removed is now going to go to a few buds, okay? Okay. And what you're going to do is you're going to create this plant that's going to be extremely vigorous and this plant that's going to produce lots and lots of really high quality blooms. Okay. See, that's the power of pruning. <laughs> the power of pruning is, is and it's, I, I didn't make this up. Power of pruning is simply we're allocating, particularly in ornamental shrubs, we're allocating energy to where we want the plant to grow. We're manipulating that plant. Kind of a cool thing, isn't it? In other words, yeah. this is where we actually, this is kind of the, one of the gifts of gardening, is that we have this incredible ability to manipulate and grow things to our benefit, to our enjoyment, that brings happiness to ourselves and everybody else in our lives. Right. Absolutely. It's kind of exciting to think about it that way, isn't it? Yes, it is. Instead of just thinking, oh, God, I got to go out and prune the roses. <laughs> so you're concentrating the energy into the few buds. Yeah. It's, well, it's like actually, when you think about it, it's we as human beings are so lucky because we get to learn about this stuff and then go out and do it. Yeah. You know? I agree. Yeah. Well, I want to make sure it blooms real well this, uh, this spring. Sound like you got a plan now. All right, Mark. Mike, happy new year to you, young man. Same to you, sir. Thank you for being the first caller of 2019. <laughs> thank you, and thank you for taking my call. You bet, sir. Bye-bye. 457-1290. Let's go talk about pine trees with Tom from Springfield. Good morning, Tom yeah. from Springfield. You are the second caller of 2019. <laughs> Welcome to Garden Talk. <laughs> well, thank, thank you, Mark, and I dialed as quick as I could. Okay, how can I help you, sir? Well, uh, a couple things. One thing, uh, I was out early this morning, too, and, of course, you probably saw the bright planet Venus in the east since you were looking up at the stars. Now, you beat me on that one because I was not, I'm not, I, I don't know my stars that well. All I know is oh. where the North Star is and where it takes me if I get lost. I, so I, I, I appreciate you telling me the Venus. Which, which direction <laughs> was Venus in? East. If you look in the east, even now. If you can, where, where you are, you'll see the brightest thing out there, and that is the planet Venus. 
Javon, tell them to turn all the lights off in the building so you and I can look to the east to see if we can see Venus. Okay, I'm teasing. Okay, I'll, I'll remember to look to the east tonight to yeah. find if I can find Venus. But go ahead, sir. How can I help you? Well, my question is this. Um, during the last little ice uh, storm that we had, um, I had the tree trimmers come out and take care of the most dangerous limbs that were near the house and, and over the vehicles. And since then, that's just fine. The rest of my uh, two acres, uh, I have taken care of myself, which sounds like a lot, but um, it's not really that much. But I have quite a few pine branches that I cut off, and uh, I have filed up the branches. And I've got a nice open garden spot that's a vegetable garden. Of course, it's all cleared out now. And I thought, what if to save money, not to pay the tree trimmers again, could I take all those branches over and burn them uh, in the garden spot? Would I hurt the soil or uh, help it for next uh, this spring's planting? So what you're asking is, is there any nutrient gain by burning tree branches? I, that's what I think I'm asking. Or if <laughs> I did that, would I, be, would I be hurting the soil? Well, it all depends on what your soil condition is prior. Uh, the garden does very well. There are mm-hmm. some things that could do better. But 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 you don't. But your 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 uh, it's going over your head. Let me get say that again. Okay. It all depends on what the pre-existing soil condition is of your garden. I Meaning, would say it's been pretty good. Yeah, but pretty good isn't isn't a scientific measure. Okay. <laughs> All right, so you, remember, you're talking to a scientist, okay? So I, I tend to be a little anal about this, okay? So what I'm trying to say is pretty good is not a scientific measure. Uh-huh. A scientific measure is that we know we have X pounds of, of phosphorus available to you. We know that we have X pounds of potassium available to you. And the only way that we know that is by doing a soil test, Tom. Yeah, I, I, I know. I have adopted that motto and uh, done that a few times through the um, seasons. Uh, I love your motto. It's uh, don't gas soil test. Yeah. My I, wife gets tired of hearing that from me. <laughs> but but let, me, let me explain something why this is important. When you burn something and put it back into the soil, you typically raise, you, you release chemicals that are in the wood into the Mm -hmm. soil and you can cause for some um, increase in pH as well, which living in Springfield would scare the devil out of me because you guys live in the land of limestone. Yeah. So you may say an alkaline, you could actually raise the alkalinity of the soil with burning. Yeah. I see. So I would say no. And I would say, I would rather see you cut the wood up and compost it. Mm Mm-hmm. And then turn that compost back into the earth, into the garden. Now that okay. would be a much better choice long term. Okay. Than would be to burn it. So I could hire the tree trimmers to come and uh, have them chip it up and blow it into the garden. No, you're gonna you're you're, 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 you're Okay. <laughs> Strike two. No, uh, you're 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 going to you're going to chop up this stuff. Okay. okay. After you chop it up, you're going to make a compost pile and you're going to compost it. Then okay. after it's composted, then put it in the garden. Oh, I see. Yeah. It's that All easy. Right. 
Yeah, it's that. It's gave me some pretty good answers here. Yeah, well, I give you only honest answers. So, <laughs> so does that does I appreciate that, that does that make sense to you, sir? It does. It does. Okay. Yeah, because like I said, go back to the thing. Burning can cause increase depending on the species of wood can change the pH of the soil dramatically. I see. And it can change. It can create some toxicity issues, and it can create some other issues too. Now, burning in the forest is a different thing. There's a whole different mechanism that happens in that case. But, yeah, but, Yellowstone came back. Yeah, you get you know trees. A lot of times, will grow vegetation will grow rapidly after a burn. But remember that that vegetation hasn't grown there for years. So I that's see. there's there's another that's a whole another you know, ecological model there, but needless lead us to say, don't do that. Compost is your best choice. Okay, sir. I appreciate it. Happy gardening. And uh, welcome to 2019 edition of garden talk. Take care my friend. All right. Bye-bye. Both lines are open for you folks. Four, five, seven, 1290. When we come back, we're going to take a little step into the garden with a weekly tip to help your garden grow and an open line for you at four, five, seven, 1290 on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. When the Miami Valley gets hit with breaking news, severe weather, or traffic tie-ups, depend on us for up-to-the-minute information. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. This is the station Dayton turns to first for live team coverage of breaking news. WHIO Dayton Springfield. Your news starts now. It's 631. I'm Jonah Adi with a WHIO news update. Our top story we're following this hour. We are seeing that the weather has cleared up tremendously from being in a flood advisory overnight tonight. What we're going to expect later on today going into this evening coming up. The weather this weekend will likely impress. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag. Your exclusive WHIO forecast is coming up. Well, WHIO triple team traffic is looking all clear throughout the Miami Valley this morning. Those freeways are moving normally and we're not seeing any major accidents out there. And it's our top story. If you don't have plans this weekend, you'll want to take advantage of the heat. Temperatures will be well above average for this time of year, so much so that you probably wouldn't remember that it's January. Plenty of sunshine throughout, mostly sunny skies today on Saturday and a few more clouds waving in on Sunday, but still very nice weather. That's meteorologist Jesse Mack. He's got the exclusive WHIO forecast coming up in just a minute. In Harrison Township, I-75 is moving normally this morning after a deadly semi-accident yesterday. Crews tell us hazmat crews were called to the scene of a truck leaking fuel. That truck did catch fire but was extinguished quickly. The coroner's office says 62-year-old Kevin Arnold is the man who was killed in that crash. It's still under investigation at this time. We'll bring any updates as we get them. Now to Springfield, where a man is in jail on drug charges after cops received a tip about his apartment. When investigators searched the apartment, they reportedly found materials used to make drugs. Soon after, Logan Labaroff came home and was arrested. Labaroff told police he was not making meth, but DMT, which causes hallucinations. That's News Center 7's Kate Bartley reporting. Now, with the most accurate and dependable weather forecast, here's meteorologist Jesse Mag. Mostly clear and chilly to start off this morning with temperatures near 30 degrees. Mostly sunny throughout the day and we'll be warming up towards 50 degrees. That's about 15 degrees above the average. Staying clear into the overnight hours tonight and still a bit chilly with temperatures dropping back towards freezing. 
Partly cloudy as we go into Sunday with a high of 44. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7, WHIO. The latest scan of the Doppler 7 radar looking all clear throughout the Miami Valley. It's 30 degrees in Troy, 35 in Xenia, 34 here in Dayton at 633. I'm Jonah Adi, WHIO Continuing News. Each day, researchers make new discoveries that bring us closer to the moment when all cancer patients can become survivors. Some days they take small steps. Others' huge discoveries lead to giant leaps forward. This progress, both small steps and giant leaps, happens with the help of clinical trials. Clinical trials are a fundamental path to progress and the brightest torch researchers have to light their way towards better treatments. And if you've been diagnosed with cancer, they may be your brightest ray of hope. Clinical trials introduce new hope in addition to the current standard of care by allowing researchers to provide participants access to cutting-edge and potentially life-saving treatments. So if you're interested in exploring new treatment options while helping to light the path for other patients, clinical trials may be the best choice for you. Speak with your doctor and visit standuptocancer.org slash clinical trials to learn more about clinical trials. Together, we can stand up for all of us. Hey, WHIO listeners. Sergeant Mark Bauer in the WHIO Traffic Center. What are your thoughts on our radio station? They have the best talk personalities. Breaking news. Hackers claiming to be working on behalf of ISIS. Traffic report. I'm seeing cars stuck all over the Miami Valley. Weather, school closings. If it's important to Dayton, we're talking about it. I've always listened to them and, uh, and I always will. We give you the best breaking news weather and traffic it's simply the best this is shepherd smith you're listening to miami valley's home for fox news am 1290 and news 95.7 whio get local news when you want it am 1290 and news 95.7 whio have flash briefings now available on your amazon echo you're listening to garden talk on am 1290 and news 95.7 whio now it's time to go into the garden with Mark Weber, a weekly tip to help your garden grow. Throughout the world in which we live, many species of uh, animals have been displaced because of the loss of habitat. In fact, here in the Midwest, large portions of land have been cleared due to agricultural and urbanization pressures, leaving very few places for, plant, for plants and animals to live in harmony. And your backyard plays an increasingly important role in the, for wildlife to live. And a lot of times we forget the fact that our backyard could be a great entertainment center for us to enjoy many key essential forms of wildlife to live. Keep in mind that your backyard is a potentially great place for birds bees, butterflies, and other wildlife species to live in your landscape. Now, you may think, am I you know, going to be in trouble? Am I going to cause some type of harm to my family? The chances of that happening are slim to none. In fact, when you landscape your backyard with the thought that you're going to increase wildlife, you will also increase the health of your backyard. In fact, You'll create a more diverse ecosystem, which in the turn will produce more oxygen and make it a happier place for you to reside and call home. And keep in mind that when you develop a backyard landscape, you want to create what they call the overstory. Those are the big trees. And then you want to develop the understory. And those are smaller types of trees. 
and then the shrub layer, which are smaller shrubs, and then finally the ground layer. Each of those layers that I've just discussed all provide habitat, nesting places, as well as places for all animals of animals to come and live and dwell on your property, providing you entertainment, enjoyment, and most importantly, protecting the environment for our generation and the future generations to come. You've been Into the Garden with Mark Weber. Phone lines are open for your gardening questions. Call Mark now at 457-1290. Here's the gardening guru, Mark Weber, on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. And if you'd like to learn more about backyard gardens and some of the things you can do to increase wildlife, you can learn a little bit more at Gardentalkblog.com, where we are live and local every week here on the Redidio, and uh, we'd love to have you join us. We always have a few faithful chatters in the chat room who are always there, and we would welcome you. There's the cost of joining Gardentalkblog.com is a whopping zero. <laughs> Doesn't cost you a thing. Pretty much all the show prep and other information that we do here on Garden Talk are all included on that. You can post pictures and questions, and it's completely free and uh, um, I it, I guess, maybe a decade ago, and it's been one of those things that has been quite popular over the years. 457-1290. I'm going to let a little programming note. Right now it's 639 in about four minutes or so, five minutes ago, we're going to go into the garden kitchen. And we're going to talk about one of my favorite winter, winter squash. It's called butternut squash coming up here in a few minutes. A really good vegetable to be making soup in the wintertime with. Let's head to the telephone lines once again at 457-1290. Love to hear your voices today. If you've got a question of any sort, particularly in the world of plants, I've got an open line for your use at 457-1290 where you can get the best advice based on science and best practices from me. Let's go talk to Crystal. Crystal, good morning. Good morning. Uh, Happy New Year to you. Well, Happy New Year to you as well. You are caller number three of 2019. How do you feel? (laughs) I feel privileged. Oh, I feel... Oh, well, I'm humbled by that comment, but how can I be of service to you today? About a year ago, my husband and I moved to a pretty substantial piece of property on 20 acres in New Paris. And this is coming from a small, you know, development plant and somewhere else. So we've inherited this property. There's not many trees around the house. And I, I don't know if it was by design that he was afraid that tree roots were going to crack his foundation. Mm-hmm. But then also in the front yard is where the septic tank lives. And there's not many trees and bushes in the front yard and out of the septic area. And there again, I'm thinking he was he was afraid to plant anything there because of roots invading the septic tank. Well, I'd like to change that because it makes the front yard look kind of barren. So I just, I guess I need some suggestions on trees and bushes I could plant to kind of spruce up the front of the house so it doesn't look so bare. So really the area that you're really concerned about um, is the area around the septic tank, correct? Yes, and I think right now there's a couple of boxwoods out there currently. Okay. Um, Let's kind of talk through a couple different things. Um, One of the basic fundamentals things that you need to, to do 
when planting anything, and and he's even before a septic tank question comes up. Um, let's begin saying to you that a soil test needs to be in your future. Yeah, and I heard the last caller, so yeah, and 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 and, and realize plants plants tell us what how they want to grow by us knowing what the plant needs, meaning it's like selecting and choosing certain things that we need in our life. In other words, if you want to put a new fern, a new couch in your house, um, it has to have a certain color fabric. Possibly it has to have a certain degree of comfort and certain length and width and all that. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I can speak fondly of that cause that's the way my wife thinks. So <laughs> <laughs> I just go along for the ride. Um, so in the case of plants, Plants have wants and needs. Wants are certain amount of sun, certain amount of drainage, certain amount of nutrition, certain type of pH in the soil. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And since the house and the septic tanks kind of reside on the top of a hill, I don't think uh, drainage would be an issue because all the water naturally tends to run down the hill. But since we've got a septic system, we're going to be increasing the amount of water there. And that's an issue. So, also, yeah. It's kind of at the top of a hill, so yeah. and since there's nothing around it, I don't think sun would be an issue either because okay. last summer it got it gets pretty hot out in the front yard since there's mm-hmm. absolutely no shade. So let's let's first thing we need to do is to check out what the chemical content of soil is. Okay. So that's where we do a soil test. And send a soil test, you know, you can do it, send it to a lab or have it professionally collected, but you're going to need a professional to read it and kind of guide you through what the readings mean. Okay. Because a lot of times when it comes back, people's eyes glaze over with all those numbers and they go, what does all that mean? Um, so that's the first thing. Um, so the next thing as far as tree selection, depending on what uh, the pH of the soil is and what the drain drainability of the soil is, there's a couple species of trees that come off my, my top of my head that, that I would recommend not to plant. <laughs> the first would be any maples. Okay. Maples tend to fill about anything they can find with water, including pipes. Um, and that's the first one. Birch is another one that I can tell you that I would be really careful about. Maple, birch, okay. Maple and birch scare me to death. Now, when it comes to other tree species... Um, if the pH and the drainage is adequate, you might think about white pine. Okay. Um, another great tree that I love to death and needs to be planted more of is white, white oak, Quercus alba. Um, Can we go back to the pine tree question for a second? Yeah. I, I do like pine trees just because they don't lose their leaves and they stay green. They do lose and their needles, though. Don't, the don't, don't, don't think they're ever forever evergreen. <laughs> they're, they're not forever evergreen. They do lose their needles. So just let's be clear with that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Then also what I like about the pine tree idea is um, the septic access point would then partially be covered. Covered. Right. Or at least you're not, mm-hmm. it's not the only thing you're staring at out there. Right. So it's sort and, of a visual diversion. So I like that. So pine trees and white oak, okay. And 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 remember when we're planting, it's really important that you have diversity. Yep. Diversity is huge in today's world, meaning 
if we didn't learn anything from emerald ash borer and 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 chestnut blight and 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 dutch elm disease is if we plant all the same thing in a landscape we're going to end up with a catastrophic loss of plants okay yeah so you know diversity is really important so the other part of this is what you may also consider doing is using some type of root barrier fabric meaning that you could design it around the septic field and put in these root barrier materials that ha- that are impregnated with herbicide that when the roots would start to go toward where the septic field pipes are the root barriers would um, inhibit the growth of those roots in that direction okay and that's kind of a good long-term way to manage where the roots go and the other thing is I would even consider, and I've never seen your house, so I'm just, you know, speculating at this point. Yep. I would think about planting a grove, meaning trees grew up and evolved growing up in communities, okay? We as okay. human beings have removed them from the community, the community being the forest, okay? Yeah. So I would think about planting it, planting this planting like a forest of trees, and if you can remove the thing that called sod or grass from where these trees are going to all grow up at, they'll grow better. They'll be actually be happier that way. You'll lessen your maintenance of these trees because you're not going to have to mow around them. And they're also going to need less water to maintain during the hot, dry summer months. Okay. Does that give you some food, food of thought? Yes, it does. And another another tree, another set of trees, too, that I would strongly suggest you look at. And they are simply gorgeous in the spring. And I believe, in my humble opinion, which isn't very humble, is is, um, is cherry trees, ornamental cherry trees. Oh, I at the last house, which we still own, my son lives there now. We Mm -hmm. have a, a weeping cherry tree. Yeah. I absolutely love that thing. It is gorgeous. Of well, it needs a hair it needs a haircut about twice a year. But let but. me give you let me give you some guidance though about cherries. There are a variety called Automalis, which actually flowers oh. in the fall and the winter and the spring. Okay. If you have an autumn flowering cherry in your landscape right now, it's probably blooming right now if you if you plant it. I don't believe I do, but okay. <laughs> That's one. There's another one called Yoshimo. And Yoshimo is beautiful white, grows very horizontal. In my opinion, is probably Yoshimo and Automalis. Those are the two that you typically see pictures of in Washington D.C. on the on the mall, and all right, and in Washington on the cherries on the Potomac River. Um, those are just two that I can think of. The other one called a Kibo, I think, which is a pinkish color one. The thing is about these ornamental cherries are they don't like a lot of sod competition, but they also are plants that are, you know, they're kind of short-lived in the landscape. You get 20, 30 years out of them, but boy, they give you great color and they grow reasonably fast. And they're, and they're trees that are in their 30 to 50 foot range, depending on your soils and site conditions. And there's a ton of different varieties and colors. So, okay. so when we get that down to it, I've given you three really good bona fide choices that would work around a septic field, but it's going to require a soil test. It's going to require a little bit of site planning 
so that we can design these planting beds in a way that they're not going to intrude into the septic field zone. And also you, you're going to need to plan how you're going to gain access to that tank if you need to do repairs on it. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Like I said, I, I, I don't like that it's bare, but I think I understand the previous owners. You know, I, I think I understand his logic that he didn't want, I mean, septic fields aren't exactly cheap to put in or fix or replace. Mm-hmm. So I, I think he went with the, you know, clear it all out and we'll just, you know, just be looking at a bare front yard. Versus- we live in a wasteland. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and, and we call that the treeless society. And, and that's one of the fears, one of the fears that a lot of people have of trees is the fact is that they, they think they cost money and they think they are going to fall on something. Um, and the real truth is they fall on things and break things when we don't take care of them. Maintenance matters in trees. It always has and always will be. Ma'am, I wish you the best. Thank you for being my third call of 2018 and happy gar- 19 and happy gardening to you. Thank you. You have a good day as well. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, bye. Javon, let's go into the garden kitchen. You're listening to Garden Talk with Mark Weber on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Now it's time to go into the garden kitchen with Mark Weber, a weekly tip to improve your kitchen table. This week's in the garden kitchen is butternut squash. Let me tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, this is a plant that makes absolutely wonderful, wonderful food. It's a winter squash. We grow it. We plant it sometime after about May 20th or so here in southwest Ohio. Um, It grows warm. It produces typically about 10 to 20 um, beautiful uh, shaped plant uh, fruits that are typically have a very large round bottom and a narrow neck. And that neck is full of beautiful orange tendered um, vegetable meat that is absolutely wonderful if you use it in squash soups, if you use it to fry, if you use it to bake. You can make pies out of it. It is absolutely delightfully delicious. I would strongly urge you to try to grow a little butternut squash in your 2019 garden, and you will definitely enjoy it on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. You've been into the Garden Kitchen with Mark Weber. Phone lines are open for your questions now, 457-1290. Here's the garden guru, Mark Weber, on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. When we come back, we'll be talking to Rich Pearson and maybe you at 457-1290 on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Dayton and Springfield Station for 24-hour news, weather, and traffic. And our Ask the Expert weekends, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. America's best choice windows and doors is the number one fastest growing window and door company in the Miami Valley. Stop by our showroom at 100 North Sunset Drive in Piqua, Ohio to see our full line of Provia windows and doors. Or call us for a free quote at 937-570-6785. Because your first choice should always be America's best choice windows and doors. American made, American strong, American proud. 
Looking for a great place to work out? Hi, this is Wesley with Everybody Fitness. And if so, we have an offer that you can't refuse. How about a free 30-day membership? That's right. Try us out free for 30 days with no purchase necessary. Your free trial not only gets you access to all fitness equipment, cardio, and free weights, but also to group fitness classes like Zumba, yoga, body blast, and more. You can even enjoy tanning and free use of our child care. So don't wait. Stop in one of our eight convenient locations or check us out online at everybodyfitness.com. Tune into Safe Harbor Retirement Group on WHIO Radio, 1290 AM and 95.7 FM, Saturdays at 5.30 AM and Sundays at 5 AM. Safe Harbor Retirement, your pathway to a carefree retirement. For a complimentary strategy session, visit safeharboroh.com. The new assisted living to memory care, Beehive Homes of Springboro is now accepting residents. Call 937-350-1211. Appreciate the difference of a smaller, more personalized experience. Beehive Homes of Springboro, the next best place to home. Cold weather can create challenges at home, on Miami Valley roads, and at your child's bus stop. Count on us for important Storm Center 7 updates around the clock. Keeping your family safe on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Good morning, everybody. Let's check out, to check out the updated weather forecast from News Center 7. Mostly clear and chilly to start off this morning with temperatures near 30 degrees. Mostly sunny throughout the day and we'll be warming up towards 50 degrees. That's about 15 degrees above the average. Staying clear into the overnight hours tonight and still a bit chilly with temperatures dropping back towards freezing. Partly cloudy as we go into Sunday with a high of 44. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7. WHIO. A current scan of the new live Doppler HD7 radar is clear. We're resting at 34 degrees on the station that you depend on for weather, traffic, and garden talk. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. It's our Ask the Experts weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. 457-1290 is the number of the dial if you would... Uh, like to be part of Garden Talk because we'd love to talk to you today. And uh, without further ado, up on the horticultural hotline, we've got the one and only Richmond Pearson. Happy 2019, sir. Well, good morning. Happy 2019 to you. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm uh, uh, a little nervous about the warm temperatures and getting ready to go out and end. <laughs> run around and enjoy them today too <laughs> it's okay it's winter in ohio which you never know by next week it may be 20 below zero who knows <laughs> well that's yeah well that's true um but that kind of a rapid fall in temperature is never a good not thing. a good thing at all yeah never a good thing <laughs> tell us about your blog post this week at gardentalkblog.com well oddly enough it uh it's a Kind of a discussion of what we just mentioned there, um, that these warmer temperatures at this time of the year, first week in January, we should actually start seeing some frost in the soil. Mm-hmm. And it's just not the case. It's it's quite, uh, the soil is still quite warm. So that doesn't mean folks should go out and sow a bunch of grass seed because it's going to germinate and then it's going to fry. Um, but what that means is there's a lot of plants that may be triggered into some growth because the soil is still warm and keeping an eye on things um, is a good idea right now because when the temperatures 
plunge, and they, they probably will. Uh, plants that are in kind of a marginal dormancy right now may be very negatively affected. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that this is a, a this break in the temperature that we have, this weekend would be a good time to go out and if uh, if folks have had problems, particularly if they've had problems in the past with uh, winter burn on their broadleaf evergreens, this is a great weekend to go out and do either an application or reapplication of anti-desiccants. Uh, oh, good advice. Boxwoods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and rhododendrons and azaleas. Uh, it, you, I think the label says around 40 degrees, and you do need to have either a two to four hour, I think it's a two to four hour drying window, and I think this would be great for that, and that will really help reduce some uh, damage to the foliage on those. Outstanding. Um, and then keep yeah, keep an eye on the on where spring bulbs were planted last fall because they will take every opportunity to begin grow you know, pushing. And I always get a little nervous when I see those green noses showing up before the end of February. So I think keep an eye on where where you've planted those and if you see that I would have a bag of mulch handy, um, someplace where it's not going to freeze hard, like in the uh, garage or maybe in the basement, and just go out and put an inch or two of mulch over those if you see those noses starting to come up. What could happen, and I've had this happen with daffodils even, if they get too far advanced to the point where the, the flower bud is actually above ground, if we get searingly cold temperatures, those buds will be damaged. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, good idea, a little bit of protection there. And then this one, this last one, um, and this was triggered, I, I heard on the news the other day that there are some uh, there's some parks that are uh, starting their uh, maple syruping uh, yeah. collection early, which just astonished me. And that's going to go on for a couple of weeks. That made me realize that the soil is not frozen sap is flowing in trees still and there are some thin barked or very young trees that i personally would be very concerned with if the sap's flowing in those and they're not fully dormant and we get temperatures that plunge down near zero there's a very strong likelihood to see some um some significant frost cracking some splitting of the trunks because the sap that is in the trunk will freeze and when we all know that when water freezes it expands and it has a tendency on uh, mm-hmm. some trees that don't have a good thick bark on them we can see some big cracks on those trunks and that just opens them up to uh, decay organisms uh-huh. that will be a problem later on rich i must go okay. because of the constraints of time thank you so much and uh, if you You're guys welcome rich have a good day if we want to read rich's uh, blog post go to gardentalkblog.com Stand by because we're going into the news with an update with the region as well as the world. And when we return, we'll be taking your calls at 457-1290 and uh, talking more gardening advice right here on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. From our downtown Dayton McAfee Heating and Air Studios, WHIO AM Dayton, WHIO FM Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station.